Ladies and gentlemen, it is basketball season. We have our first exhibition game. The Illini are kicking off their season with a game against Quincy on Friday, October 28th, 7 p.m. tip time. Quincy, of course, University, the Division II school from Quincy, Illinois. And on this edition of 30 for 30, we're going to talk a little bit about this game. Uh, I've got Mike Cagley from Illini Guys and Big Sports Radio. Uh, Cags, uh, are you excited for basketball to get rolling? You know, I will tell you, it is. this is such a great time of year because the Illini football team is still in the thick of it for a Big Ten title. We know Brad Underwood is a guy who always has his team in the thick of it for a Big Ten title, and they're both going to be playing at once um, for a sports fan's uh, standpoint and from an Illini fan's standpoint. It doesn't get much better than this. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that usually at this time of year, and I, I don't want to dismiss Illini football, but usually yeah. at this time of year, we do dismiss Illini football. We're like, well, it's all wait for basketball season, but this year's different. This year, the football team's good. This year, we've got a football team that's in contention for the Big Ten West. And in turn, now it seems like, and I, I don't, I don't want to say there's less excitement about basketball, but I think it's not all focused on basketball. I think there is some. Uh, there's a lot of thoughts about, um, you know, the in- oncoming basketball season. But also, I think people are like, well, I got every Saturday, I got to be ready for football too. So. So it's very interesting. I think for an exhibition, maybe there's a little less excitement. I know people are excited about, you know, later games when they go to Vegas and so forth and so on. So, but it is fun. Um, so I, I've been looking at Quincy. Um, interesting, interesting thing. They have a coach who was um, named Steve Hawkins. Steve Hawkins was actually at Quincy from, I think, 1990 to 2000, somewhere in that range, like a 10-year period. And then he went to – he actually was the coach of Western Michigan for like 18 years from – and up until a couple of years ago, and then he was – now he's back at Quincy. Um, and, you know, he's 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 won at the Division II level. And he's done – he did fairly well keeping his job that long at Western Michigan and, you know, made an NCAA tournament. So it'll be a fun – I think it's a fun thing to see a guy like this, you know, getting our chance. And But I – I don't think you're coming into this game trying to win, um, uh, win this game. Their tallest guys are six foot eight, which, you know, Illinois, big question mark. Of course, one of the two big question marks is probably up front size. Do they have enough, you know, in the middle? And that's not going to be tested in this one. So, um, but, but Quincy is going to be a matchup where I, I think that people are just excited to see what Illinois brings to the table. And it's not really about Quincy. I think that is probably the, most true statement that we've said on the air in a long time, Brad. Um, <laughs> I do think there's there are so many storylines wrapped around this Illini program. First off, it's the first game in the post-Kofi era. And Kofi, like any other human being, had his strengths and weaknesses. But you knew every night, come hell or high water, you're going to get 20 points and 10 rebounds out of your center position as a starting point. And um, what are they going to do without that? And then the other point is, is what is this offense going to look like without the ball going inside every time? Because that's what Brad Underwood was famous for, was the innovative offense, not to throw it into the post guy and let him grind people into the dust. And we're, I kind of feel like we're going to get a chance to see that SFA, Stephen F. Austin, um, Underwood offense, and I'm kind of excited to see what it's going to look like. 
Yeah, you know, when Brad Arnold was at Oklahoma State, remember, he had the number one offense in the country, most efficient yes. offense in the country with the Cowboys. And, and things change. I mean, you never turn down Kofi Coburn. Like you, right, you, exactly. Because the floor of your team with Kofi Coburn is like way up there. And, and like somebody told me today, he said, you know, if Illinois had Kofi Coburn this year, they probably win the national title with all the guys they had. And I said, the problem is that it would be hard to play the way they need to play with Kofi Coburn. And some of these guys probably wouldn't want to come play with Kofi Coburn as weird as that sounds, because he's going to get his touches because you, you have yep. to give that guy the ball. So it's a little bit different, but so then we got new, it's a new Kofi non Kofi era, you know, and it's total changeover. I mean, Illinois ranked 23rd or whatever, 20, whatever you want to say in the country, depending on which poll you look at, but how many teams lose all five starters and are still ranked in the top 25? Is that a new level of program respect for Illinois? Because you wouldn't have seen that in the past few years. Yeah, I think it's 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 program respect. And and I also think that in college basketball, it, it also translates to head coach respect. And Brad Underwood, by by basically having the best record in the Big Ten over the last three years, you know, winning uh, one conference title, um, you know, doing it in the tournament. You know, he's done everything but but go through and win in the tournament. I guess he's won the Big Ten tournament, but in the NCAA tournament. So I think that is building his credibility across the board. And I think a lot of people, when they see what happened the last three years, that's pretty much what they anticipated when Brad took over this job, you know, um, what is it, almost six years ago. Yeah, that's been it's scary to think it's been that long. I mean, I we're, we're aging fast, Mike. We are aging yeah, fast. Yeah, I know, I know so, we are. So we go through this. I, the, the one thing I would say about um, the Illinois program, I feel like not only are – Illinois brought in a great recruiting class. There's no denying that they brought in a great recruiting class with Sky Clark and Ty Rogers and Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris. Fantastic recruiting class. And, you know, Zachary Perrin, who's, who's expected to be here in December – that's that's awesome. But the key has been what Brad Underwood's been able to do in the transfer portal. If you think about it, last year it was Alfonso Plummer. And they need outside shooting. Go, let's get Alfonso Plummer. This year it's Terrence Shannon and, and Matthew Meyer. Terrence Shannon, though, I think I'm looking at this game and I really I'm so excited to watch him play in a real game because I think that people are going to be so I, I impressed by what this kid does. This is a kid who's up at 445 on most days. They've actually cut that back now because they've said you do you, you can't do that and keep playing games. I mean, just the wear and tear in your body is just too much. You need to get your rest. So, but yeah, he's he's up at he's you know putting up making thousand shots a day, doing these things. And and his work ethic is just you know more like what we saw with an Io DeSumo. Now Io used to stay after practice for hours, you know, sometimes just shooting and shooting and shooting. Managers have to rebound for him. Uh, Terrence Shannon's just doing it in the morning. So you're seeing that level of commitment. And I think we're going to be really impressed. Uh, you know, Tim Anderson told me that um, earlier this year, he said, you know, Terrence Shannon, we're going to, we're developing him, working with him, and we're going to put him in a position to succeed. And I think he, you know, he thinks he can be a first round draft pick next year. So this is the kind of guy that if you're going to win big in college basketball, you got guys who can play at the next level. And that's Terrence Shannon here. Yeah, and he gets the opportunity to really have the team operate around him, which is it's a big deal because, you know, when you're proving to those uh, folks in the NBA draft 
that that's what you want, you've got to be able to go out and do it. And, and when he gets this opportunity, it, it is huge. And of course, the other thing that really helps him is, is the development of IO and what he's doing with the Chicago Bulls, which certainly helps the draft placement of, of Illini guy, uh, Illini players, not Illini guys, because we're not getting drafted. Um, Maybe and, they should though, Mike. Maybe Well, that's obviously they should. The other guy that I wanted to kind of talk about is the guy that everybody's like looking at and wondering just how good he was. And that's there. There's a player on the team who was ranked as high as the ninth best recruit in his class and then suffered an injury and slid down to 29, which is a fantastic recruit. Right. But Sky Clark, you know, fully healthy. What are you hearing about him? Because I, I am so excited to see what he can do because I think he's underrated where he came out at, you know, when he, when he was rated by everybody because of the injury. Yeah. You know, Illinois played their secret scrimmage against the dreaded secret scrimmage. Yes. That both, <laughs> that both programs put out highlight videos about in the exactly that, that secret. Yes. Yeah. It, it's in our NCAA. Um, you know, it's almost like uh, uh NCAA oxymoron secret scrimmage. So anyway, but it, they play a scrimmage. Sky Clark is very good. I think somebody, I, I, when looking at some of the things that I was uh, sent, 18 points, five assists, five rebounds, something like that um, in that stint. Now, um, Terrence Shannon, 28 points. So, but Sky Clark, now that he's healthy, is back to that guy. The other thing about Sky Clark, the interesting thing about him is he's about 6'2, six, 6'3, six, but he's physical. Like he's yeah. not built like, he's not built like a small guard. He's built more in the mold of like, um, you know, a former line, like Dimitri McCamey, you know what I mean? That's okay. like the, like, he's that got that kind of thick body. I mean, Dimitri McCamey before he went home for Christmas, right. Before he went home for Christmas that year. And yes. The, the, the pre McDonald's body, pre McDonald's body, right. <laughs> so, but no, Sky's got that kind of strength and, and strong. Uh, I, you know, somebody say Darren Williams, somebody like that. He's got that kind of body, very skilled, really understands the game. He is one thing you're going to love about him. He is a ridiculous ball handler, his ability to handle the ball is is excellent i mean it's between the legs behind the back you know whatever you know the cross tim hardaway crossovers just things like that it's like wow this guy's got it on a string it's really fun to watch when, when he handles the ball so I, I think he can be really good the problem with sky clark right now is that there's only one of him and he's really the only what i would call a true point guard that illinois has on the roster now that's not to say that Jade Nepps can't handle the ball and things or, or sincere Harris, or they can move Ty Rogers over there. And, and you'll see times when Terrence Shannon is facilitating off ball screens. He's the guy they're using to facilitate. They're going yep. to happen. You'll see Coleman Hawkins facilitate. You'll see Ty Rogers, you know, and, and this is going to shock some people. You may even see Dane danger in certain situations because he's a good ball handler, but here's the reality. If Sky Clark goes down, Illinois is going to really struggle to have that guy. Um, you know, at, at point guard. So, and every team has a flaw, whether it's depth, whatever it is, Scott Clark's really important to Illinois season. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, just watching him shoot when I was over at oven, um, it, it, he's got such a natural flowing shot. Um, you know, I think he's going to bring something, you know, to the, to the table from uh, forcing people to guard him away from the hoop, which means, He's going to drive and and be able to utilize those ball handling skills. Does he have the hold your breath factor that Andre Curbelo had when he, when he used <laughs> his 
his ball handling skills, or is it a, is it a little bit more? I hate to say the word controlled, but does he play with more control? Yeah, he he does. He's always in control. I, I think Curbelo always tried to make the the one thing about Curbelo is he had vision that nobody else had. Um, but he he also always tried to make the home run play. I, yes. I think the one thing that you see with Sky is he's much more simple. He's going to make the right read, make the right play, and find the right guy. And, and I think um, that's the difference. He, you know, he's not going to have, he's going to have some flash at times. You know, there's a behind the back, no look pass or something like a no look pass or behind the back pass that can happen. Um, or, a, you know, a lob that's going to look really sweet, but I think it's, it's going to be, he's a little, maybe, um, I don't know. It just doesn't try and make that home run play. And I think that's, that'll help a little bit in there, the way they're, they're doing things. So that's, that's the difference I would say. Now that doesn't mean that He's going to be perfect when he comes out there. Just to be clear, I know we're going to have people say, well, you said this. No. Okay, this kid's <laughs> this kid is fantastic. He's a fantastic basketball player. But let him, you know, have some time to try and, I don't know, imp- improve and, and find his way because I think that that's the only way that you're – you just got to let him grow. He's going to be great at the end of the year. It, you know, it's, there's going to be moments early where he's going to struggle, just like every how, freshman. How about – um you know, we he gets overlooked a lot, but Coleman Hawkins, how is how do we think he's doing? Because we we saw him at Big Ten Media Days, so he has to be doing something right. Yeah, the one thing about Coleman is that even the secret scrimmage defensively, he's really good. Like, I mean, we Illinois can switch one through five. That's the one thing that, and and, and even versus see there there we talk about Sky Clark again. Sky Clark being six two six three with a physical strong body is more able to maybe switch and help or, or they're able to do some different things with him as the point guard. And Coleman Hawkins with his ability to move laterally. You've got you, – you, there's a there's a chance you could have a, a starting group of Sky Clark, R.J. Melendez, um, then uh, Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins. Every one of those guys can defend on the perimeter. And so you're, you don't lose much. And if you've seen Terrence Shannon up close – he might be the strongest guy among the group. So if he's down there in the post, you don't worry about that. You're and probably what Illinois, if they face a guy like a Hunter Dickinson, if they face a guy like uh, that's a big inside, they're going to post trap. Now they're not going to let, let them play one-on-one. They're going to come at him with different angles and different attacks. And, and, and you're going to see him then do things differently defensively, more like what you saw Houston do to Illinois in the NCAA tournament last year. They're going to play a lot more like that defensively. And attack those guys in the post and make them make quick reads and decisions and kickouts there. And they'll have the length then to contest those shots. Again, that's a size factor. Ty Rogers also a big piece of that because of his defensive versatility. But uh, yeah, so Coleman Hawkins gives them uh, that edge, the ability to do that. Coleman's really good defensively. He also battled inside. Now I know Kansas young guys they don't maybe have the bulk as a fifth year, fourth or fifth year guy, but he's got length. He's got some, and he, he knows how to play. He's been in the game. My biggest concern with him is if you're having him play the five, you're going to have to post trap because you don't want him to get in foul trouble, right? I right, mean, exactly. You, you want to keep him on the game. So I, I think that's where they have to make their, their decisions. You're going to see more fronting of the post than you've seen in the past, you know, trying to deny that entry. You speak Kofi, just stay behind him and make him score over you, right? And and it was fairly effective, obviously. But, yeah. you know, I think you're going to see just a different whole design and plan for defensively. Yeah, because you're not gonna, you weren't gonna go through Kofi, so that no, no. that didn't leave you a lot of options. Ooh, there. You were um, not. You, you know, so so we we talked about Ty Rogers. Um, what what do people 
expect out of Dane Danger. You know, it's interesting. If you were to talk last spring, I mean, when he came came on board, everybody was like, you know, Dane Danger and this and that. And I even heard someone say that they talked to Underwood and he said he was the best NBA prospect on the team and yeah. all this kind of hyperbole that comes out. And, you know, I, I don't know what's real, what isn't real. Here's what I tell you from looking at him. He is slimmed down. He's lost 30 pounds, 30, 30 to 40 pounds. He's much more mobile. He can really put the ball on the floor. He can pass it. He, he def- he's physical. He's still strong because he's still six foot, you know, nine, 250 pounds. It's not like he's, we say Small. slim down. Yeah. He, he's, he just got in, he's less, right? So, right, um, right. So, but he can do some things that nobody else can do at the five. Hawkins can a little bit, but he's not got the phys- Hawkins doesn't have the same physicality. So, Danger can deck it and get into a guy's chest and finish right by him with that strength. Now, the problem with, and he's also defensively, he's sound. Um, you know, he's, he, but the problem with Dane is going to be, you know, can he shoot it to make them come out and guard him? If he shoots the ball well from 15 to 17 feet, it'll be very difficult for other bigs to guard him because of his ability to throw it on the floor and get to the rim. And so that's where he can really be effective once he figures that out, um, the, the jumper portion of it. Perfect. Well, it, it's, it, you know, as you go through, it's just incredible when you look at the the talent that coach Underwood has, has done. And we really, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I know he's, he's injured right now, but let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, Luke Goody, um, you know, had broken bone in his foot. The, the surgery is coming up on Friday morning. Uh, folks will know a lot more about the prognosis. Then we're here in two to three months, which, you know, gives him an opportunity to get back maybe even, before the new year um what do you what are you hearing on luke and and of course what does he bring to this team we all know he's a great leader but what else does he bring in terms of basketball skills well luke's a bit he's just a fantastic shooter and he's also a leader and, and i think that was important i think they really liked him and that's why you know i was talking to you know i think it was chester frazier um mm-hmm. in the offseason he talked about luke goody and he said he said we have to play Luke Goody because he is such a great team guy. He's such a good leader. He's, he really stretches the floor. He he makes teams guard him. He opens up those driving lanes because you're not leaving Luke Goody. If you leave right. Luke Goody, that's bad. So it opens up those driving lanes. you got guys like Shannon and Meyer and Clark and Rogers and Melendez, those guys you can get to the rim or Hawkins and Danger, even if they're playing five. So now you you don't leave him. And so he has to play. And the other thing is he's going to, he was going to play 15 minutes a game. Maybe it was 12, one game, 18, the next, but around 15 minutes a game. And that's a key piece that they're going to be missing for the next couple months. Now, can they overcome it? Like if, and I, I don't say this like lightly, but if you're going to pick a position where someone got hurt, it would be the wing because they have so many guys who can play on the wing you would not want it to happen at the point guard position or the center position where they have less depth. So um, it, you don't want to happen anywhere. Don't get me wrong. But right. um, you know, if it's going to happen, this is probably the one they can, they can weather the storm a little bit for the next couple of months um, as they go through this. And of course there's one guy that we haven't mentioned yet, actually two guys that people will be shocked by and, and people have heard their names before, like RJ Melendez and Matthew Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not not bad guys, right? I mean, <laughs> those guys are pretty good. Yeah, I think the one thing, uh, um, you know, we want to see what Melendez does in more of an expanded role. We saw him right. 
last year, he started to get an expanded role and then he had the appendix, right? Right. And then he comes back and he's, you know, he was fine, but I mean, maybe not the same guy, but he was really stepping up into a more prominent role and was going to be a big piece there. And so then it's kind of took him some time to get back, but Melinda's has shot the lights out in practices. Just, I was told, and this is a week ago or whatever he was the, they, cause they track everything in practice, three point exactly. shooting. He was leading three point shooter in practice. I mean, that's with Goody and Shannon and Clark and Epps and all these guys. He was leading three point shooter. Just fantastic. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, that's impressive because, you know, he has the athleticism. He's a much stronger kid. He's more confident playing against Terrence Shannon. And there have been times when Terrence Shannon has just, you know, destroyed RJ Melendez. And he, you have two things that happen. You know, I, I look at him as like, and this is like a, I, I want you to understand I'm talking a poor man's version. Right. But Terrence Shannon is a little bit like Michael Jordan. And, and he's a little bit, RJ Melinda is like Scottie Pippen in the sense that, you know, Jordan, like you either had a choice. You, if you're playing against Michael Jordan, you either had to come up and step up your game and compete or you, he broke you. Right. <laughs> you know, right. There, there were people that he broke, but Pippen became a better player by playing with Jordan. I think Melendez, and I'm not, I'm not saying our Terrence Shannon is Michael Jordan. I'm not saying right. RJ Melendez, Scottie Pippen. What I'm saying is that kind of they're, they're competing against each other day to day in practice. And following Melinda's kind of followed Shannon's like work ethic and ability and, and sees how he goes about his business. And it really has, I think helped RJ. And, and I love the guys they had last year with Demonte Williams, Trent Frazier, great guys and great workers, good kids. You know, you're going to, you, you miss them, but at the same time, Jake Granderson too, but at the same time, Terrence Shannon's that guy, but also in a, you know, a freakish athletic body at six foot six or six foot seven. And, yeah. and has that and has just an extra gear that those guys don't have. And so, you know, it's, it's something that there's something to be said there. And the, and the overall size, let's face it, is guys who who've coached before, if you can get somebody who's um, a really good athlete and there happen to be five inches taller than the guy who's um, that is that he's going up against, you know, that that's just a huge advantage. And I guess the really, you know, as we talk now, there's two other guys that we really haven't said much about. One that you watched extensively in his AAU career, Jaden Epps, and of course, Sincere Harris, who we heard Fletch say was the most, most athletic person on the team. So that's pretty amazing when we get, we've talked about all these players and we're just now getting to guys with this type of ability. Yeah, I mean, okay, Sincere Harris, freakish athlete. The thing about him is he's got to, get stronger. Um, he weighs and get heavier, you know, 170 pounds. Um, when coming in at maybe 170 pounds, we can help, we can help with this. Can't we, Brad, we can show them how to put on weight. We, we, I think he wants to put on different kind of weight, Mike. Oh, okay. 170 pounds. I mean, that's like, that's like my left leg. So, um, you know, so, um, you know, so, but no, it's in, in seriousness though, sincere Harris is a freakish athlete And, and we've heard on our, you know, radio show, we're going to hear from Fletch this week and he talks about this yes. and working on that. So this is a, uh, you know, he's a, he's a key piece down the road, but I think it's going to take him some time. But <laughs> if you have to put a guy in who is a great on ball defender and a freakish athlete, you have to put him in there for five to 10 minutes a game. That's not a bad thing. Right. I mean, you know, so right. it's like, Hey, Oh, we're going to have to put in this freakish athlete who can really defend eh, All right, fine. We'll do it. No, but. Then the other guy is Jay Neps, who is a scoring machine. In fact, Underwood told me 
um, when we went to Big Ten media days, Flo and Plain said, we, we couldn't, at that point, they had a hard time keeping him out of the lane. You know, he just always was in the paint, getting feet in the paint, scoring. He led him in scoring over a two-week stretch there um, in practices, which is, I mean, on a team this old, that's pretty good. So, right, right. Um, I, I think that's uh, – he's a kid who can come off the bench and give you minutes and give you points. And, and, and I'm not sure I want him at this point as a freshman running the team, but I love him as that instant offense, Vinny Johnson – the microwave coming off Jaden Epps, the microwave. Maybe we'll start that. That can be his nickname, the microwave. Well, and and think about though, as a coach, there's there's nothing more frustrating than having a guard who's constantly off the dribble, beating his man and getting into the lane, which means that you've got to have a defensive rotation. And and so, you know, does that guard deal with does he notice some hesitation and go all the way to the rim? Does he, when you pull your, your rotation correctly, does he hit somebody with a bounce pass? I mean, the, the having a guard who gets his feet in the lane all the time is enough to drive opposing coaches absolutely nuts. So I'm all for him getting into the lane as often as possible. Yeah. You, you no, give him, you give him my vote of support as if he needs it or cares. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, that's key. I, I will let him know just because that's a key, <laughs> key thing you're supposed to support. But it does really make a difference. It breaks down a defense that way. And the, you know, and the other guy, I think, you know, now I'm going to tell you right now, you know who I think the key to the season is Mike. It's Matthew Meyer. Okay. So Matthew, wh- why do you say that? If Matthew Meyer is as good as they think he can be, he provides that not only a defensive presence, he provides the ability to score the basketball at the four spot and rebound the basketball at the four spot, get out and transition, push it off the, off a rebound, all those things. He just has a different level that he can play at. If he plays at that high level, this is a kid who makes Illinois ceiling final four. Okay. And, and, and I really think, because I think we know what we're going to get from Terrence Shannon. I think that Coleman Hawkins is going to be sound and solid. I like Sky Clark, Ty Rogers, all these things. Meyer, you know, for lack of a better term, what I was told is he wasn't very good in this Kansas scrimmage, just really struggled, had an off day. Now, he's been battling some back issues. He missed some practice time earlier, so maybe he's just not sharp yet. So I want to see him be the guy that was so coveted in the transfer portal. I mean, he was one of the – some there were yeah. people who had him as the number one guy in the transfer portal, right? I mean, or top five guy for sure. Yeah. Yes. I, I need him to be like that because if he's like that, this team has a ceiling of final four. So, and what I wonder, you know, we, I guess it'll take some time to get adjusted to the team to see if he's going to be able to realize that. Um, the other, the only question I have, the only trepidation I have is I look at two teams in the Big Ten that I don't think are better than Illinois, but I think they pose bad matchups because of their interior strength. And those two teams are Indiana and Michigan. really pains me to say that because two of the teams that I'd like to root against the most. Um, you know, is, is, is that something that you think about as you're doing uh, when you're you know, just kind of postulating on what the team's going to do, or am I, am I, am I out of my mind a little bit? Cause I don't think those are two great teams, but I think Hunter Dickinson on the inside is going to give Illinois a whole mess of trouble. And I also think that the, the mix of who is over in Indiana might 
might give Illinois some trouble because I'm not certain Indiana can shoot outside of 12 feet. Well, I think that's that's a concern. <clears throat> the one thing I will say is I think you'll defend him differently. I mean, you're going to defend him differently. And now, Indiana, you're going to force Trace Jackson Davis to give the ball up, right? Exactly. And so can they make shots when he gives the ball up? If they make shots, then they, he becomes really hard to guard. Now, I do think that Illinois – Trace Jackson Davis is a big kid, physical, but he's not like he's huge not aggressive. physical. No, yeah, exactly. Right. He's not going to – so you can probably match up a Coleman Hawkins with him a little bit and, and, you know, sit on his left hand, make him go right, all those types of things. And can Meyer use his length against, you know, Race Thompson and so forth like that. Then with Hunter Dickinson, you're going to post trap him if he gets the ball in the post. Um, and, and you're going to be able to, you know, you're going to contest, make him put it on the floor, I think. And I think you'll have the ability to make him put it on the floor when he you don't just let him shoot pot, spot up shot. So there are some things they can do much like Houston. Like I said, they're going to do it like kind of like Houston did to Illinois last year in the, in the NCAA tournament. They weren't going to let Kofi get comfortable down in the paint. And, and they right. were going to, and that's what Illinois is going to have to do then. But we got a lot of basketball for that. So for oh, there's, a, there's a ton of bad. I mean, this this basketball season's great. Um, you might want to talk a little bit about some of the games that you're actually going to be traveling to to cover so that the Illini fans understand that uh, Illini guys uh, will be the place to get information. And also you can kind of talk about your travels. Yeah, yeah, actually. So I'll be flying to Vegas uh, coming up next month. Um, then I'll be flying to New York City the following month in December. And of course, then, you know, it's really a weird schedule. It only has a bunch of Sunday roads, road games in January and February. So I'm going to be going to a lot of Sunday Saturday and Sunday road games um, in, in January and February, you know, traveling those, but at least those are drivable, you know, the, right. the flights, you know, to Vegas, Vegas is going to be fun. You got UCLA, um, you got Virginia, you've got um, Baylor. So obviously a really good, um, really good, field of teams out there at Vegas at the T-Mobile Center. That's going to be a great weekend. It's the same weekend Illinois plays at Michigan in football. So you've got a, you know, great thing. Uh, Illinois plays Friday and Sunday. Illinois plays Michigan in football on Saturday. What a great weekend for Illinois sports. And then, the, then of course, in Illinois gets Texas and Madison Square Garden there in December. And I think that's going to be a marquee matchup. Brad, Brad Underwood and Chris Beard, old friends, they go back and uh, very competitive against each other too. So I think that's going to be fun. And then the Big Ten ACC, that's interesting. Jim Beheim coming out and saying the Big Ten isn't that good because they didn't win the NCAA tournament. Illinois gets to prove him wrong by beating them by 30 at the State Farm Center in December. Or, let's and let's hope so that, that'll feel good because I, I always felt that Beheim got lucky he got the national title that I always felt Lou Henson should have got, you know, uh, Lou, Lou got derailed by Bruce Pearl and his, uh, buddies, um, Bobby Knight and, uh, Digger Phelps with the NCAA. And, and I, and then you see, uh, uh, Bayheim finally win one, um, you know, thanks largely to, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the freshman. Carmelo. Uh, yeah, Carmelo. Carmelo thank you, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, and and I I always thought that Lou Henson was a significantly better coach than Bayheim. So yeah, I agree. Um, I, and you know, really, Lou Henson came down. He lost the national title because they the the one game, you know, and, and that was a loaded yeah. Michigan team too. But if they get a rebound and yeah, you know, who knows? They win that game and they would have beat Seton Hall on Monday night. I'm I'm pretty sure. So you'd have an Illini national title and I, who we think a lot different. I think Lou Henson have a lot of different a lot different um, legacy. Even yes. though he's got a great legacy, his legacy would be total different, totally yep. different with that one yep. national title. So, but hey, well, we got Quincy 
first of all, we, we kind of got off topic. Didn't start talking about Quincy and their, their six, eight center and their six, one guard who scored 12 points a game. But anyway, so, uh, <laughs> because the, the reality it's about Illinois on Friday night, seven o'clock tip from the state farm center. We've got, uh, the Quincy Hawks, Quincy university Hawks coming to town. Um, and, and they're, uh, by the way, shout out Quincy, of course, is, you know, who went to Quincy kegs, Bruce Douglas. Well, he went to Quincy high school. He didn't go to Quincy university. Right. If I have no idea who went to Quincy university. The daughter of our illustrious uh, working partner, Kendrick Prince, right? Ah, there we go. Yes. So his Kennedy went to, uh, she attended uh, Quincy, played basketball there. So there you go. So she's, uh, she will be rooting for the Illini in this game. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she, be, she better going down there. And of course, it's also trick or treat at State Farm that night. Oh yeah, you got I think ten dollar tickets up in the uh, upper deck, yes. so uh, or two hundred level. So come in there, dress up like I don't know, dress up like a pizza piece of pizza. Mike Hagley won't be there, so you're safe, and uh, <laughs> exactly. you can uh, and you can uh, get in for ten bucks and watch this very exciting fighting Illini squad start with their first exhibition game. It should be a lot. And of fun. then and then when the game's over, you jump into a car, you can make it to Lincoln and be ready for the football game. And <laughs> <laughs> in Nebraska, baby. Uh, that's, that's why they have the 2.30 start, so we can drive from State Farm Center to Lincoln. It, it's, it seems perfect to me. As somebody who drove uh, from from the game last week all the way down to, to into Texas, <clears throat> what's, a, what's, you know, what's a few hours yeah. amongst friends? Been there. Been there, been done that drive. I remember going to, I'll never forget when they used to have the LeBron James Skills Academy in Akron, driving to Akron and watching. I remember watching uh, guys like uh, Brandon Paul, Myers Leonard over the years, Jeremy Richmond, whoever, and watching those guys out in Akron, driving to Akron on Friday, or then coming home on Sunday after all the games were over and getting home. And man, that's a long drive. It's a lot of fun. So, yes, but anyway. Yes. You don't have to drive that far because we'll have all the coverage on IlliniGuys.com. You can find out, you'll see the post-game press conferences from players and coaches. We'll have all kinds of insight and analysis. We'll break it down with a podcast post-game 30 for 30. And then we'll get ready for Nebraska football on Saturday. Oh, it's going to be a great weekend. Let's get it done. 30 for 30. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 